Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Today on The Charlie Kirk Show, we have a live update from within Chaz, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, Turning Point USA. We have our journalists, our activists within enemy lines in the sovereign country in Seattle. We are going to give you a unique, fresh, and exclusive take within the terrorists that have taken over downtown Seattle. We also take a deep dive of what is cancel culture, and that is that even a real term, or what does that term mean? And we are going to give an actual example of how this applies to your life right here, right now. Email me your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. Go to Turning Point USA to do something, to fight for the future of our country and fight for our culture, tpusa.com, tpusa.com. Subscribe to The Charlie Kirk Show. Show us your subscribe. Give us a five-star review, and you can win a copy of the MAGA Doctrine. Email us, freedom at charliekirk.com. Action-packed episode. Buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. What if you had the ability to eliminate an entire movie or an idea or thought from our country? Would you do it? Would it be a good idea even if you could? Right now, a swarm of character assassins and identity slaughter campaigns are being launched with very little opposition. We talked about this in a previous episode of The Charlie Kirk Show, and I promised I would dive deeper into this. This is known as, quote, cancel culture. Now, admittedly, I've never liked that term. It's overused, it's diluted, and it doesn't have the punch that I think accurately describes the implications of it. It doesn't accurately depict the malevolence of the architects of chaos and the power that they hold over people that have dissenting views. I believe the term oversimplifies the finality, barbarous, and inhumane qualities that are involved with deleting, canceling, and eliminating certain individuals. When the left decides to abolish a person or a movie or idea or some opinion they don't like, it's not like canceling a baseball game due to weather. This is something eerily more final. This is a true and real form of death. This is cultural demise by total annihilation. If you so dare speak up, raise your voice, they will destroy you. On this episode, I will go through countless recent examples of this. But first, I want to dive into the psychology of a character assassin. I call these people cultural radical annihilators. Who are these people and who gave them all their power? Well, first, archetypically and psychologically, they're deeply unhappy people. Anyone that derives even a micron of satisfaction from exterminating Gone with the Wind from HBO Max is deeply disturbed. These are the most despondent, miserable, sorrowful, dejected, morose, thankless group of people on the entire planet. Thankless is an important word I want to focus on. The Cultural Extinction Annihilation Squad, by definition, have no gratitude. 
as a critical aside, if you're listening to this podcast and you're happy, you are definitely thankful. If you're unhappy listening to this podcast, you should ask yourself the question, are you thankful? Gratitude is the gateway to the appreciation of objective beauty, meaning, and culture. Radical redefinitionalists have no gratitude for the sacrifice, gifts, or treasure that preceded or were given to them by prior generations that sacrificed so much. Thankless, unhappy, bitter activists cannot be appeased by just one movie. When there is not guiding truth dictating the actions of any defined or undefined organism, it will never stop destroying until they are literally stopped from destroying. They won't stop with their current list of scalps. This is basically batting practice to them. This is a warm-up. Surrendering statues and old movies as attempted sacrifice in pursuit of appeasement of this mob will not satisfy the appetite of the revolutionaries. The more terrain you give them, the more they believe they can seize from you. But who specifically are these people? They can be divided into three important-to-understand groups, first of which are the activist arsonists. These are the angry, motivated, mostly young, pathological people you see in the streets. They are the brunt of the movement. But they are by no means actually the ones that are able to delete or cancel a movie. They're not the ones that are able to annihilate a person's career because they say all lives matter for being a Sacramento Kings basketball host. No, these are the angry, fomenting, rage-induced mob that screams outside of a building, that marches down a street, that burns down Wendy's or burns down banks. The second category are the decision makers. These are the CEOs, the board of directors, the people in high positions of authority. They're the ones that actually are the ones that sign off on these decisions. A termination, a firing, a funding decision of Black Lives Matter to try to keep them off their back. These are feckless and weak individuals that happen to ascend to high levels of leadership. These decision makers are actually really easy to control. These people are not actual decision makers. The real people making the decisions are the activist arsonists and also the third category. The masters are the architects of discord and anarchy. These are very affluent, powerful, strategic, and malevolent individuals. These are the people that use their wealth, their power, and their connections to fund the activist arsonists to impact the decision makers. They're the people that have massive social media followings. They're the people that actually want to see discord and disunity happen in America. Now, what's what's one thing that all three of these groups have in common? They were all inspired from, supported, trained, or educated in places of higher learning. You see, the model for the 2020-style annihilation campaigns, or cancel culture, was tested on college campuses. Students from a rudimentary phase are taught this remarkably pernicious and baseless decision-making matrix. I've talked about this for years at Turning Point USA. Here's what they're taught. They're taught that if you find someone that disagrees with you, mainly if you hold an opinion that the teacher holds, and that is a disagreeable opinion from that opinion, you should be offended. And therefore, if you're offended, you should silence that person. Therefore, if you find someone that disagrees with you, you should silence them. This was perfected over the years 
by infantilizing students, weakening their worldview or their understanding of contrarian perspectives. This monolithic, monopolistic dogma was pushed on campuses. Now, that was dangerous enough, but pair the utter anti-American rubbish with the deletion of dissenting views, and what you have is almost nothing that prevents the fomenting and equipping of the socialist swarm that are more than prepared to eliminate anyone deemed unacceptable to the Marxist intelligentsia. The campuses are the leading indicator of our culture. The campuses are a preview of America five or ten years from now. We were wrongly convinced by our elders that the campus radicalism we were witnessing would be contained. We wrongly treated this for decades like a toxic nuclear spill that was dangerous but would never leave outside the confines of Stanford or Yale. Instead, it is actually more like a virus, very infectious, highly transmissible, impossible to trace, and incredibly deadly. The political elites make some foolish and hysterical assumptions. Number one, they think they can control the swarm of socialists. They think they can point them in the direction that best fits their political agenda. They think that they could totally control these hordes and swarms of hyper-educated, socialist, thankless ingrates. We, all, we know that it's not that linear. In fact, it's actually a lot messier than that. In fact, a mob can't be controlled. Anyone that's been around a mob knows that it almost takes on a life of its own. There's almost a new consciousness that is formed. And number two, the political elites think that they will be protected. They think they will be protected from the mob or the swarm at all costs, that they will be the ones that are passed over, that they will be the ones that will not have their business burned, that will not have their political office threatened. We've seen this recently with the mayor of Washington, D.C. The mob that was once going after President Trump is now congregating outside of her house and her office calling for her resignation for not doing enough to pander to the Black Lives Matter mob. These people will not be protected. In fact, they too will be annihilated and eliminated by the demands of cancellation. If we learned anything from the 20th century, we should glean that creating mobilizing and inciting furious activists around alleged resentment and supposed grievances does not end well. Yet today, it is more widespread than ever, and no one is immune. And I'm going to get into the recent examples of how this applies in our news cycle. But first, I want to tell you about an amazing Father's Day gift. It's Legacy Box. Legacy Box is a super simple mail and service that has all your videotapes, camcorder tapes, and film reels be digitally preserved on a thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud. I've used Memory Box. You put all of your film reels, all of your pictures, all of your memories with your father or any of your family members. You're able to track all of them and you send them into Legacy Box. They upload all of it onto a cloud or a DVD or a thumb drive, and then you're able to use it however you want, and they actually send back your originals as well. Legacy Box helps bring new life to your old media by unlocking those family memories and putting them on a modern digital format that's easy to use. Uh, with Le Legacy Box for me, I was able to put my family's photos, my family history into an easy-to-upload disc and send it to every one of my members of my family. 
The process from start to finish is so easy. You pack and send, and then your team digitizes everything by hand, and then you enjoy it. Legacy Box is the world's largest digitizer of home movies and photos, and has helped over 750,000 families digitally preserve their past. Get started preserving your family's legacy today. Go to LegacyBox.com Charlie to get an incredible 50% off your first order. Buy today to take advantage of this exclusive offer. Send in when you're ready. Legacy Box is great for someone that you love, a father, or could be good for yourself. That's LegacyBox.com Charlie. That's LegacyBox.com Charlie. Get 50% off your first order. LegacyBox.com Charlie. Now let's get into the annihilation and assassination culture that is happening. Paired with a capitulation culture of corporate America not standing for anything all across our country. The NFL just recently reversed its course on kneeling. Roger Goodell just issued a video apologizing for ever standing up for the flag and the national anthem play tape. It has been a difficult time for our country, in particular, black people in our country. First, my condolences to families of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and all the families who have endured police brutality. We, the National Football League, condemn racism and the systematic oppression of black people. We, the National Football League, admit we were wrong for not listening to NFL players earlier and encourage all to speak out and peacefully protest. We, the National Football League, believe black lives matter. Hard to listen to. He's so pandering. And honestly, I wish that he would resign as NFL commissioner. The NFL will cease to exist in a couple decades at this rate. How about in soccer? The U.S. women's soccer team just reversed a rule that barred players from kneeling during the national anthem, citing the uptick in protests against, quote, police brutality and systemic racial injustice. Any person that wears the American flag and officially represents our country and decides to kneel turns their back on the United States of America and should not be allowed to compete under a sanctioned competition wearing the American flag. It's a disgrace. NASCAR. NASCAR just banned spectators from having Confederate flags at their races. Here is their statement. The presence of the Confederate flag at NASCAR events runs contrary to our commitment to providing a welcoming and inclusive environment for all fans and our competitors and our industry. Bringing people together around a love for racing and the community that it creates is what makes our fans and sport special. The display of the Confederate flag will be prohibited from all NASCAR events and properties. Again, I'm not that big of a Confederate flag advocate, but maybe there is actually some reason for how we are able to achieve racial harmony by not completely running over people's history. Maybe that's why we are able to get to actually a pretty decent post-racial place, but the media will never admit that. How about Cops and Live PD? Two shows that showed police officers at their best fell victim to digital annihilation culture. Live PD was the pinnacle of transparency. It was police work literally aired live. That's what the left was purportedly been calling for. And it also helped tremendously with police recruitment. And also it helped the child sex trafficking and kidnapping. But the left doesn't really seem to care about either of those things. Stacey Schroeder and Vanderpump Rules got fired from the show and dropped by her representation by calling the cops on a black castmate who allegedly committed a crime a few years ago. Oklahoma State's Chuba Hubbard, he's a total fool, he slammed Mike Gundy, 
who he is a man because he was 40, for an unacceptable thing he did for wearing a One America New shirt. I hope he doesn't apologize, but he probably will. A few weeks ago, this would not have been a problem. I mean, if he wore a CNN shirt, he'd be promoted as Big 12 Coach of the Year. Laura Ingram highlighted an 11-year-old girl who was shamed for calling Trump, quote, her hero for a class project. Former ABC's Bachelorette, Becca Cuffrin, is breaking her silence on her fiancé, Garrett you're a joy in my goodness, too hard to pronounce names, support of the police and police brutality protests across the country after George Floyd's murder. Garrett said this, quote, with so many friends and family in law enforcement, I couldn't sit back and not support them and the hundreds of thousands of men and women races, all that represent the thin blue line as well. There have been over 300 injured or shot or killed in just one week. They are suffering the consequences over an act they didn't commit. Becca was forced to respond by saying, Garrett is my fiance and I love him to his core. And I believe that he's a good person. I don't align with, and I don't agree with his social media post. Yeah, that marriage is really going to last. Good luck. The New York Times forced out James Bennett, the former editorial editor of the Times, who was pushed after publishing an op-ed by Senator Tom Cotton. And just breaking to one previously, Oklahoma State president says, I hear and respect the concerns expressed by black student-athletes. This is a time for unity of purpose to confront racial inequities and injustice. We will not tolerate insensitive behavior by anyone at Oklahoma State. I mean, wearing a One America News t-shirt is really, by the way, this is going to be great for One America News name ID, but it's, it is going to slander their name. And by the way, One America News is just straight news. And by the way, how does this even, what, how, what does that have to do with black individuals? I don't get it. It's just, it's, it is so weak. It's feckless. As I said in my open, you have these people that are in the decision makers, like the, the president of Oklahoma State, that are so unbelievably cowardly and anti-American, they should be nowhere near positions of leadership. The Poetry Foundation, uh, they're making a big deal in the literary world. It's a nonprofit with over, worth over $250 million, and it works to promote poetry while publishing the influential Poetry Magazine. Allegedly, that's a big thing. Uh, yet they couldn't be spared by the digital assassination annihilation culture. Their president and a board member were forced out after an open letter from over 1,000 poets. Ooh, you don't want a poet revolt. They might make mean words rhyme. Oh, this really sounds really intimidating. Who said the magazine, quote, didn't do enough in response to George Floyd's death. This is similar to when normal Americans are just getting eliminated for not posting something. This is so dangerous. Another publication, Bon Appetit, which my mom always got growing up, forced out its editor, Adam Rappaport, I apologize if I mispronounced it, after an Instagram post on his wife's account from 2015 that depicted the couple dressed as Puerto Ricans. And by the way, you have social justice warriors right now wearing blackface saying that they want to stand with the Black Lives Matter protesters and also the governor of Virginia, Ralph Northam, still hasn't gotten back to us whether he was wearing the KKK hood or blackface. We've been waiting, Ralph Northam. We patiently await you telling which one it is. Another publication, the Philadelphia Inquirer, forced out its senior editor after he allowed a headline to run, which read, Buildings Matter Too, in response to the sheer destruction of cities and buildings, many of which were owned by black individuals. Uh, also, we have to mention Drew Brees, who's a total and complete coward. And I've lost all respect for Drew Brees. I will not be supporting him vocally or otherwise. For him, his many million dollar salary is more important than the pursuit of truth. I think he is a highly questionable individual and human being. All he had to do was stand for what he said because what he said was right and correct. And he will always go down in my book as a coward. At least we know who the good guys and the bad guys are. Enjoy your money, Drew Brees. I hope it's worth it. Here's a running list of our fr- that our friends at the Federalist have compiled of people that have been eliminated. James Bennett, who we mentioned from the New York Times. Henry Bynan, president of the Poetry Foundation, who we mentioned. Abin Rappaport from Bon Appetit. 
Jane Larkworthy, beauty editor at The Cut, Stan Wiskowski, stop editor from the Philadelphia Inquirer, Jim Dow, deputy editor, editorial page editor of the New York Times, Claudia Eller, editor-in-chief of Variety, Greg Glassman, CEO of CrossFit Gym, who said nothing wrong, made something that might have come off a little bit as, let's just say, not totally politically correct, but shouldn't have lost his career over it. Harald Ullig, economist and lead editor of the University of Chicago and Journal of Political Economy. Grant Napier, play-by-play announcer at the Sacramento Kings. Gordon Klein, professor at UCLA. Martin Shipton, chief reporter at the Western Mail. D. Noon, a reality star of MTV's The Challenge. Alexander Katai, player of the Los Angeles Galaxy, who didn't even say anything wrong, but instead his wife said something. Uh, Nigel Farage, who essentially has been canceled, or he quit, from the leading British conversations because they didn't extend his contract because he did not pay penance to the group humiliation idol mob. Alexis Ohanen, co-founder and executive chairman of Reddit. Uh, Andrew Alexander, CEO and co-owner of Second City. Audrey Glemon, uh, CEO of The Wing. And Craig Gore, actor of the SWAT Chicago PD, Law and Order of Organized Crime. And so I want to get into kind of what Netflix is doing, but I also want to profile an example that is not just the CEOs. It's an example that you won't hear, but it's a real-life example. It's one that is, that is close to home. It is one that should bother every single person. I want to tell you about how you can get out of student loan debt. Are you being crushed by the cartel of the colleges? Well, Credible.com is an online marketplace that gets you pre-qualified student loan refinancing rates from up to 10 different lenders. They help people get out of student loan debt. If you've gotten student loan debt, you could benefit. With the lower rate, you could save on interest or lower your monthly payment. And with a shorter loan term, you could get debt-free faster. Consolidate all your student loan bills in one place. Credible customers have given awesome reviews about how much better their lives have been after refinancing their student loans. On Credible, you see actual pre-qualified rates from up to 10 different lenders. Whereas with some other online marketplaces, you'll get ranges of rates or ballpark estimates. It only takes a couple of minutes to check rates. And checking rates never, that's right, never impacts your credit. They never sell your data, so you won't receive spam and phone calls from dozens of lenders. So right now, visit Credible.com slash Charlie, that's C-R-E-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash C-H-A-R-L-I-E. When you refinance your student loans using this link, they'll give you a $200 gift card. They never sell your data, you won't receive spam, and this is the best way to get out of student loan debt. Fill in a couple pieces of information and check what rates you're eligible for. That's Credible.com slash Charlie. Again, that's Credible.com slash Charlie. Save on interest, lower your monthly p- payment, get debt-free faster. Credible.com slash Charlie. So now, it's not just CEOs or people that make the news that are getting annihilated, that are just disappearing from positions, from jobs. There's a young lady by the name of Reagan Escude. She posted on her social media that the Black Lives Matter mission statement does not harmonize with her biblical values. And she's correct in that. The Black Lives Matter is definitionally an anti-Christian movement. It's, again, anyone that is Christian that supports Black Lives Matter is not reading from the same Bible that I'm reading from. In fact, they are trying to appease a earthly agenda, not a Christian agenda. So Reagan Escude said that on her social media page. And she got fired from her employer. It's just a young lady from Louisiana who has now paid a big price for it. I sat down with her. I want you to hear in her own words exactly what happened. Because it could be you. You might be thinking, oh, I'm not in a position of leadership. This really doesn't impact me. Listen to her story. 
So I posted a video earlier this week addressing the evangelical church's response to Black Lives Matter, um, something that I believe Christians should be diligent about and, and, and look at this from a biblical perspective, not from a social justice gospel perspective, but from the gospel of the Bible. And so I made a post about it, and everybody came after me, um, posted about me. Um, a girl I used to work with made a post calling me racist and homophobic and tagged my employer. And so from there, everyone, you know, the whole mob figured out where I worked, ended up harassing the company I worked for and making death threats to the owners. And um, as a result, I was fired for that. You were terminated. Now, did they give reason for termination? They told me that due to the level of the threats that were made and the measures they've had to take in getting law enforcement and lawyers involved, that the conclusion that they had to come to was to terminate my employment. So what was the essence of the post? It was basically just talking about Black Lives Matter from a biblical perspective. And and I was really speaking to the evangelical church and telling them, look, we don't need to be, you know, prescribing worldly solutions to what is a spiritual problem. We don't need to be using worldly rhetoric, secular rhetoric to fix this because the problem is in the heart. Racism is a problem in the heart. It's not something you can fix with any law. Mm And so then the mob came after you. The mob came after me. Did you me. find out who your real friends were? Absolutely, yes. And, and it was surprising. Um, my true friends checked on me, called me, texted me, said, hey, we heard what happened. Are you okay? Um, people I thought were my friends um, unfollowed me, unfriended me. Um, and, you know, <laughs> looking back, that, that really shows me more about them than it does about me because what I said was scripture. What I said was about God and about the Bible and my beliefs, and if that's not something my friends can stand with, knowing my heart and knowing who I am, then I don't want to entertain that. Did uh, did your list of friends get smaller or bigger? Um, follower count? Not followers. Big. <laughs> friends, um, probably smaller. Yeah. yeah. So what was? So there's a lot of young people. The reason yeah. I ask. Yeah. They say, "Well, I don't want to lose my friends. Yeah. I don't want to do all this." What What do you have to say? Truth matters more than friendships. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, were they even friends? Right. Were they friends in the first place? Yeah, that's a good point. And, and if you can present facts and you can present truth, um, people are hungry for that more so than you think. And so the people who care about truth and being educated on things will stick around. And those who just think with their emotions will be on their way. Yeah. So the, you're now without a job yeah. because of this, which I'm sorry. Thank you. But your message will impact a lot more than... Yeah what you were doing previously. Um, the, the issue, and I, 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 I use your story, I've used it a couple times on the podcast, as I mentioned, intentionally because this was the mob trying to get to the ultimate level of basically um, canceling anyone that dare disagree with them. So I'm sure you've been reached out to by some people and all that. Has it been also a lot of positives, though, of people reaching out to you? Absolutely. I think as soon as I was fired and people realized I was fired, I had um, Capstone Report reach out to me to do a story on it. And as soon as they wrote the story, it went through to the Associated Associated Press. And so people began finding out. And I got direct messages from pastors of churches to people who didn't know me but knew of me or or even total strangers just came and said, look, you're so brave. I had one woman reach out to me and said, I'm in tears writing this. I'm just so glad I'm not alone. And I'm so thankful that you're you can share the truth. And do you feel that conservatives and Christians have been as confident or courageous as they should be in this time? Not at all. Talk no. about that. Um, 
I think there's I think there's been a Trojan horse of social justice within the church for a long time. And I think now that things have kind of come to their peak um, after the George Floyd incident and all the riots that have transpired, I think the church is in a place where if they go back on it and they don't speak on social justice, it's it's almost um, the congregants may feel like it's a disservice to them. But really, what is the disservice is not teaching them the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah. and so what what's so damaging about that is we are we are sheep leading sheep we are not we are not feeding the people who need to know Jesus Christ is the only one who's going to reconcile this and he's the only one that's going to say this so conservative christians should not be afraid to speak out they shouldn't be afraid to be vocal about things because we know what the mob can do i mean i know what the mob can do yeah. so we but at well, the end of the day we shouldn't hesitate it pains me because that, that's my job. My job is to get called these awful names by the left. Yeah. You know, I don't, don't, I, my job is to get the death threats and all that sort of stuff. That, that, you're supposed to be able to live your life and not have to deal with what I have to deal with. And you know, it's very interesting. The people that are supposed to be standing up for people like you, um, I don't know if any senators or any lawmakers reached out to you in Louisiana. Maybe they did. Um, I, you could speak better than me, but I just haven't seen nationally. Yeah. Any Republicans stand up for people like you that are getting their lives ruined yeah. at the at at the feet of untruth. Well, and that's my thing. Why do they have so much power? Why why do they have so much pull where they can? I mean, I I think of Brett Kavanaugh and and what happened to him. I mean, they they were totally opposed to his values and what he stood mm-hmm. for. So they dug up things from twenty years ago that likely didn't happen to destroy his life and destroy his family and to dro- destroy his career. And it's like. Well, you're not really changing the minds of people. So what are you trying to do other than be hateful? Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't make sense. And there's no consistency to it either. So, so what are your plans now that you've been canceled by the left? As of right now, none. <laughs> just keep I, talking about truth. You'll just, be fine. yeah. This will end up being a great blessing for you. Yeah. Well, Turning Point USA has been incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what I would do without y'all's support Thank and encouragement. You. Well, I, it means a lot. And it means a lot our staff. And Sarah did a great job because there's no other conservative organization out there standing up for young conservatives and conservatives that are getting destroyed by the left. Yeah. In fact, most conservative organizations are happy to see it um, because they just think it's you know not touching them yet that they're going to be spared. But, right. Uh, where can people find your social media following? Um, my Instagram is Ray E-L-I-Z dot E-S-C. I don't know if I should spell okay. that out. Sorry. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Um, how about this? I'll do an Instagram story when this yes. episode drops, and I'll tag you. Okay. So perfect. People can follow you that Yeah. Way. Sounds good. And anything else you want to plug or anything else that they're able to follow you? Um, I'm on Facebook, Reagan Escaday. There you go. Um, <laughs> and you can look up that in Instagram, too. I gave my username, but. <laughs> no, it's all good. And, uh, well, thank you for doing yeah. what's right. Thank you. And for not, you have not apologized or surrendered to what you've said, right? No. You have more courage than Drew Brees. <laughs> Thank you. You have more courage than these apparatchiks on our media, and you deserve to be commended for that. So God bless you, Reagan. Thank you. You bet. Thank you, Charlie. That should bother every single person listening to this podcast. And we have to understand that the cultural ammunition that these people use against us, against people like Reagan, against people like this long list that I just listed of all these people that have lost their jobs and their careers because they did not specifically bow down and pay the correct penance to the idol of group humiliation. They're going to come after all of us. And look, this comes from the cultural elites. 
Netflix just launched a Black Lives Matter collection of films, TV shows, and documentaries to help subscribers in the United States learn about racism and discrimination. Some of the titles featured include Barry Jenkins' Oscar-winning drama, Moonlight, and Ava Durvaney's limited series, When They See Us, TV shows Orange is the New Black and Dear White People, and the documentary series They've Gotta Have Us. I'm going to tell you right now, people are going to get sick of this. They don't want to hear that they're awful forever. They watch TV to hopefully find some form of escape or adventure or hero's journey, something you can aspire to. This is not even a good business decision for them. You're the worst people ever. Okay, great. Thank you. Or uh, dear white people. Okay, I got it. We're the worst person in the world. I mean, my goodness. Postmates is another example that is prioritizing black-owned restaurants and promoting those businesses above under other businesses. How that is not a violation of the 1964 Civil Rights Act, I do not understand how you could prioritize any business based on skin color. Apple and YouTube plan to spend $100 million each on initiatives involving racial justice and amplifying black voices. Could you imagine if a company said we're going to do $100 million at amplifying white voices? Both Apple and Google, which owns YouTube, previously pledged big bucks to Black Lives Matter and social justice causes in the aftermath of civil unrest spreading nationwide following the May 25th death of George Floyd. But they have anteed up with massive sums this week. Facebook just pledged $10 million to organizations campaigning for racial justice. Huge mistake. United Health Group is donating $5 million to the YMCA Equity Innovation Center of Excellence. Another $5 million, as well as $25,000 of employee volunteer time to help rebuild the businesses in the Twin City neighborhoods affected by the riots. Gaming company EA has pledged a million dollars to groups, including the Equal Justice Initiative and the NAACP Illegal Defense and Educational Funds. They can attack people like me. Home Depot has contributed $1 million to the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights Under Law. Chipmaker Intel is donating a $1 million to community efforts for fighting racial injustice, including Black Lives Matter and the Center for Policing Equity. Beauty company Glossier has committed $500,000 to Black Lives Matter. Fitness company Peloton is donating $500,000 to the NAACP's Legal Defense Fund. Man, geez, business is good. If you're in the business of dividing America, my goodness, are you guys getting donations more than ever before. Levi's is donating $100,000 to the ACLU and further $100,000 to mass incarceration campaign group Live Free USA, the company announced on Monday. Clothing retailer Banana Republic has donated $250,000 to NAACP and Embrace Race. Embrace Race, that sounds really racist, huh? Banana Republic. And mind you, this is why 30 million Americans are unemployed. 30 million Americans are currently unemployed, and this is where their priorities are. This is where their priorities are. Now, I'm going to dive into that even more. And we're going to get a live update from Chaz within the new country that we have in America. But first, there is no shortage of action going on with our exclusive partners at betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making its way back with UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and soccer leading the way. And BetOnline has all the best odds and lines for the upcoming games and matches. If you need more, BetOnline has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening every day for you to check out. If you're looking for something else other than sports, BetOnline also has hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, all the best props of the business. Visit betonline8.ag or use your mobile device and join now to receive your new welcome bonus and start playing today. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Visit betonline.ag. Don't forget that promo code PODCAST1 for your sign-up bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Now we're going to get a live update straight from Chaz, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. But just as a reminder, all the donations that Black Lives Matter gets goes through Act Blue and the DNC fundraising platforms. And Act and by the way, Act Blue's nonprofit arm is basically a board of white liberals. 
Now, a number of companies have released statements pledging support for the black community. Amazon, Spotify, Snap, Netflix, Microsoft, Zillow, and Disney are some of the corporations that are speaking out. But there have been other calls by some online for companies to specify exactly how they're supporting the black community. This is bullying. This is extortion. Yet no one's speaking out. But we are. Do not capitulate to the swarm. Do not give them an inch. They will take a mile. Speaking of giving an inch and taking a mile, the radical anarchists and the petulant children and the infantilization of our culture has resulted in the aggressive, hostile, and military takeover of downtown Seattle. We now have a new six-block country in our country called the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, where they have taken over the Capitol Hill Police Station and taken over City Hall. The weak leftist leaders don't even know that this was happening. Jay Inslee said just that. Play tape. Governor, I'd like to ask you about uh, what's going on in Seattle. There's this uh, thing called the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. What's your thought on that? The fact that the protesters have taken that over and not allowing people to come and go freely? And then regarding the National Guard. Well, that's news to me, so I'll have to reserve any comment about it. I, I, have, not, I have not heard anything about that from any credible source. <laughs> not that you're not credible. It's just like before I espouse an opinion, I should know of which I speak. <laughs> and Trump said he'll take it out. He says he has 10 options. He said it's not going to happen anymore. Play tape. These people have taken over a vast part, a major part, a very good part of a place called Seattle. Seattle's big stuff. That's a major city. And we have a governor who's a stiff, and we have a, a mayor who said, oh, this is going to be a love fest. And by the way, these are violent people that took it over. These are not people that are nice people. I saw her on your network today, John. I saw what went on with the hitting and the punching and the beating and all the other things going on in Seattle. And you have a governor that doesn't do a damn thing about it. And you have a mayor that doesn't know she's alive. She's talking about it's going to be a love fest this summer. Now, if they don't do the job, I'll do the job. And I've already spoken to the attorney general about it. But if they don't do the job, we will do the job. What can you do? Uh, about 10 different things, either, any one of which will solve the problem quickly. God bless President Trump for standing up for law and order. Because my goodness, listen to our sister episode with Senator Tom Cotton that's dropped today. He makes some very good points about Chaz. But guess what? Turning Point USA, we have people in Chaz. We fight the culture war. We go where other conservatives are afraid to go. We have people in there right now giving us intelligence reports. And one person who will not be named because we don't want to out him, we don't want to dox him, we'll just call him CB. We'll just call him CB. He has a live report from us straight from Chaz, and you are not going to believe it. Here we go. So joining us now live from Chaz within the new sovereign country in America. We're just going to use an acronym CB to protect your identity because of all the radical leftists. Are you safe? Charlie, I want to make sure you can hear me right now. I'm having to wear a face mask. Is this coming in clear? Yes, you are. Okay. So we're actually inside Chaz right now. Um, our, we're having to cover our faces, uh, not for the China virus necessarily, but mainly because uh, um, they are following home anyone they deem to be uh, conservative, right-leaning, anything anything to the right of Marx. Uh, one of our uh, activists actually was followed home last night. Her tires were slashed. So 
our faces are covered. We're dressed in black. Um, this is not a safe zone for anyone on the right side of the political spectrum. Yeah. So tell us what it's like. What's the tone in there? Um, is this like a fruit market like they've been telling us from the mayor's office? Is this like a cultural festival? If I didn't know that I was uh, in the United States of America, I wouldn't feel like I'm. It's not, it's not the United States. It's, it's not the America I know. There's... There's a giant sign I'm looking at right now covering the Seattle, well, it doesn't say Seattle Police Department anymore. It says Seattle People Department. Uh, and there's a giant black sheet that says this space is now property of the Seattle people. Um, and it, it, this looks like a third world country. Um, there's border walls. <laughs> uh, I just watched a bunch, five or six white liberals set up a border wall on the border of Chaz which is bizarre to me. Yeah, they say they don't like borders. So as you go into Chaz, um, there's no police. I hear that there's still lots of crimes being commit committed and lots of people that are doing uh, very, um, let's just say, questionable things. When you're in there, do you, get, do you get a sense of safety or do you get more like this is, this is anarchy? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, no safety whatsoever, um, which is the reason that we're all having to cover our faces completely uh dressed down dress in black they're not there's it's a hostile area for anyone that they disagree with um additionally they're in in other aspects of safety too like because because the city is no longer taking care of the park the grass has grown up and we can't even walk inside of the tent city area for fear of stepping in needles so, yeah, can you describe some of the imagery for us, though, the tone, the feel? What are you hearing and seeing? Can you, can you just give us a picture? So the there's not every square inch is covered in graffiti. Let me read. I'm just hang on. I'm going to read to you some of the graffiti. Um, OK, this one says end America. End America. Uh, then above that, it says murder and then it has a a graffiti pig um so i'll let i'll leave that up to your imagination it's it's there's nothing jolly about this there's nothing peaceful about this this is a this is anarchy absolute anarchy needles in the street sh trash in the street um that is either dog or human shit. um this is this is a, like nothing i've ever seen jeez Wow. So in in close so just kind of summarize all of this. This is now a sovereign country and you guys are fearing for your identity and for your life. Should this be a warning for the rest of America? This should absolutely be a warning for the rest of America, but this should be a warning for patriots in general. Um anyone that has any sort of love for their country needs to be concerned about what's happening here because the because the fact that it's happening here means that what city can it come to next? If it's allowed to happen here, who else can fall subject to these anarchists? It's terrifying. I, I've, we were in Cuba filming, and this is <laughs> – I felt safer in Cuba than I do right now in one of the greatest American cities. Wow. Seattle used to be one of the greatest American cities, and today it has fallen to radical leftism safe and my heart breaks for my country than in Chaz. well stay safe do not get yeah, caught absolutely god bless turning point usa and the work you're doing okay stay safe
All right. Thank you, Charlie. You bet. Appreciate you guys. Wow, is all I have to say. Wow. If you guys want to do something about this broken culture, go to tpusa.com. Go to tpusa.com. Give more money to groups like Turning Point USA that are fighting for the culture than you spend on coffee every single year, and the world will be a better place. If coffee means more than your country, then you'll be very energized when they burn down America. But maybe you should spend your time, your energy, your resources on things that are helping persuade the next generation and educate them around first principles. Email me your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com. And for the first 20 people, that's right, not random, but the first 20 people that leave a review, subscribe and give us a five-star rating, I'm sending you a signed copy of the MAGA Doctrine. Do it right now. Email us. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. More from the Charlie Kirk Show later this week and more updates from Chaz. God bless you. God bless America.